Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about Hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit HopeChurchMemphis.com. Uh, I have been married for 18 years, and I want to kind of share with you a little bit about my story as I weave it in between the text. Can I do that? Let, let you peek into my life uh, this morning uh, so that y'all can loosen up and stop looking at your uh, paper and your phone. So here we go. Uh, I've been married for 18 years, and uh, I have a 16-year-old daughter who's with us right now. Her name is Renee Marie Joplin. Uh, she is a junior at Whitehaven. There she goes. Uh, very active. Ow! I heard uh, uh, they had homecoming this past Friday night against White Station, and they beat the socks off of White Station. Now, listen, I love the coach at White Station. I love the coach at Whitehaven, and I had attention. I was cheering for both teams uh, during the game. Don't tell either coach uh, because I love both of them, but we won. Oh, look at that baby. You see that baby up there? Uh, so God has jokes. And let me tell you one of the jokes he played on me. I'm 45 years old, and we just have a newborn who decided to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so uh, he gave us that newborn. That was uh, Elizabeth Ann. Uh, she was not named after the queen, uh, but Elizabeth was the middle name of my grandmother, and Ann is the middle name of my still-living mother-in-law. And so we combined it, though. So I have a 16-year-old, and then there's the big gap, and we have a little over three-week-old uh, in our house. So it's, a, it's an interesting place. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I'm Abraham. Uh, uh, but uh, see, y'all going to stop talking about me. All right. uh, but Renee, when she was in elementary school, she attended uh, Peabody Elementary. And when she was at Peabody, she had all these music and uh, dance recitals that we had to go to and things like that. She was active. I liked going to them. But one in particular that I was at where she had to perform on stage, I missed all of it. Now hear me. I was there physically, but I wasn't there mentally. Because for some reason, I decided to look at my phone and I missed the whole thing. So she asked me afterwards if I saw what she did on stage, and because I'm a preacher, I know how to lie <laughs> yeah, creatively. Oh, God. <laughs> I was there. Uh, but I, I missed it totally. And she's here. She's heard this story so many times. But in that moment, God did something in me. He, he convicted me so much that I, uh, to this day, have two convictions based on that moment that have governed my life right now. Uh, the first conviction is this. Honor my word at all costs. Sometimes we know there's an emergency. You, you, things come up, correct? But, but, but honor my word. At least try uh, at all costs to honor my word. But the second conviction is to honor time. To honor the time that God has given me. Uh, your time, my time, this moment, to honor, to honor time. So today I would urge us with this. Don't miss the moments in time. Yeah. Don't, don't miss the moments in time. And I, and I found this to be reiterated 
um, in a passage of scripture that I want to read to you by the Apostle Paul. If you'd look with me, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 20. Uh, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, let me read it in our hearing. Here it goes. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I say it again, don't miss the moments. That's going to stay in your head all day. Don't miss the moments. Don't miss the moments of transition. Now look, uh, I got an old soul. Uh, I didn't always have an old soul, but God put me around some seasoned saints. And because I have an old soul, one of my favorite hymns was written uh, by a late a uh, woman named Jenny Bain Wilson, Jenny B. Uh, and it might be familiar uh, to some of you. Uh, here's an excerpt. Time is filled with swift transition. Not, you, you hear that English, not, uh, of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Isn't that good? Yeah, that's good. Jenny and Paul understood that time is in transition. We are in transition. Life is in transition. Our lives are in transition. Something is always moving. Am I right about it? Yeah, moving, in transition. Uh, these moments in time, time at large, they come and they go. The holidays, they, they, they are quickly upon us. We're going to see Thanksgiving, and we're ready to eat now. And we're going to see Christmas. And let me tell you, it's not going to look the same. For some of us, the same family members will not be around that table. Some of the same people will not be in front of the TV laughing because of transition. Family members, some cousins and nieces will be older. Some people will be like me and they won't have hair <laughs> because of transition. Because of transition. Ephesus was a city in transition, of transition. They were on the Mediterranean seacoast, so there was always somebody coming and going with shipping and cargo. There were tourists who were coming. And Memphis, similar to Ephesus, is developed off the water. We're on the Mississippi River, and we provide shipping and cargo, and, you know, we've evolved to be a major hub. We have FedEx, and now we have Amazon, but it doesn't stop there. We have medical students who come in. We have transplants that are here. We have people that come to St. Jude. I know a guy from Serbia. He brings his daughter all the way to St. Jude to get treatment in Memphis. We have people that are coming and going, people that come to Graceland to see Elvis. He might still be alive. I don't know. 
<laughs> people, they come to the National Civil Rights Museum in transition. People come here from everywhere. And if we, don't miss this, as the body of Christ are too distracted, are too self-consumed with the busyness of life, we will miss the moments to be present when God is allowing culture and congregation to intersect. Yeah. Every day, culture and congregation is intersecting, and we don't want to be so distracted and consumed with the busyness of life that we miss it, church. And Paul's hope for the local congregation and God's hope for us is that we will make the most of every opportunity. I'm glad that the Lord saw fit to send people in my life that did not miss the moments when I was in transition. Listen, I have moved around a lot in my life. I was born in Willingboro, New Jersey. New Jersey. I don't even have the accent anymore. Uh, my mom remarried, and we went to Houston, Texas, and then we went to Austin, Texas. I lived in Missouri. I lived in Maryland. Now I live in Memphis, and I love Memphis. I have planted my flag in Memphis. People think I'm Memphis because Memphis, everywhere I go, Memphis, 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 Memphis. Just, just, <laughs> Memphis. That's just, just, we Memphis. That's all I say is Memphis, right? And if you, if, you, if you listen to my story, you could either get dizzy or you could say that makes for a good movie. But while I was in Austin, Texas, I met an African-American teacher at my high school named uh, Noah Diggs. And, and, and somehow, in his wisdom, he saw a kid that was lost and in search of identity. And during my junior year, he started picking me up every morning. He took me to school every morning my junior year. And during those rides, he never beat me over the head with Bible Belt Doctrine. He, he, he never asked me about Calvinism or Arminianism. I wouldn't have known what it meant anyway. I, I wasn't made to feel condemned as the sinner I was, nor was I made to feel comfortable in the sin I was in. Without understanding what was happening in those moments, I was experiencing the love of Christ. That teacher didn't miss the moments, get this, to imitate Christ. Good, that's good. Don't, don't miss the moments to imitate Christ. He wasn't imitating religious rules, and we're good at rules in the South. He reflected the light of Christ in our interaction, and, and he possessed because he was skilled, he, he possessed this kind and, and tactful way to dialogue with me about choosing the path of foolishness of, of neighborhood gangs or choosing the path of wisdom that came from above. And, and there was the fruit of the Spirit that was evident in his life privately and publicly that I couldn't articulate then, but I can articulate now. It wasn't some religious performance. It was a Spirit-filled life. And I got to see light while I was in darkness. Yeah. Paul, 
He was like, listen, wisdom is not merely some theoretical concept or a bunch of religious ideas or a bunch of knowledge. That, that, that's Greco uh, culture. But for the believer, the Greco convert, for us, the believer, the convert, wisdom is what we do every single day as we apply it to every moment of life. And that is the spirit of Christ. When you do it, you and I as believers are imitating Christ. And there are cities all over our nation, all over the world, uh, like Ephesus and Memphis, where we still have family and friends and neighbors who are in darkness, and they are enjoying it. And I enjoyed it. And we as believers, the believers in Ephesus were surrounded by a smorgasbord of sexual immorality and, and drunkenness and mysticism and antagonists who deemed their behavior as acts of worship to their pagan God. And wisdom was needed to navigate the context. We need wisdom to navigate Memphis and the cities and the nations that we're a part of. Amen? And, and he says, look, the days are evil. And if you and I, we watch enough news, I had to turn the news off last night. If we listen to enough talk radio, if we, if we read too many blogs and posts, we will see that the days are evil now. And the church universal, we need wisdom so that we in some way do not add to the foolishness that we see. We don't need to comment on every post. We don't need to give our opinion about everything. Sometimes we need to pray. <laughs> we don't need to say anything. What we need to do is be missional. Don't miss the moments for missional living. Uh, missional living, it, it exemplifies what I call the both andness of Jesus. Can I go King James on you real quick? All right, here we go. So in the second half of Acts 1.8, it says, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. It's the both andness. And I think oftentimes going overseas is communicated unintentionally as the varsity level of missions. And it causes us to neglect missional living right where we are. And if we aren't intentional, we'll skip over the immediate people that are in close proximity. Not all of us are called to leave our cities, but we are all called to leave our comfort zones. Amen? I tell our church often that we, we must hold our lives and our possessions loosely. Everything we have belongs to God. Everything we own ought to be stewarded for God's glory. Everything we have should be used to put God's glory on display everywhere we go so people can see us having missional living. And missional living, it, it will connect us to some of the most unexpected and unlikely people. Because after Mr. Diggs, God sent David Newman. He was a Young Life leader in Austin, Texas. And if you know anything about Young Life, Young Life leaders are crazy. 
I was a young life leader. <laughs> I was a young life kid. And, and David, he had this long black hair. Don't tell Eli. It was about as long as Eli's hair. It was jet black. And he was built like a power lifting hockey player. And, and, and we definitely were from opposite, opposite sides of the track. And, and he constantly tried to get my friends and I to play basketball and eat cheap pizza. I can't play basketball, but I like cheap pizza. And he would get us to come, and, and he would try to talk to us about the Bible. And, and I can't remember anything to this day that David said. But I remember what he did. He was missional. And somehow, in 1995, he convinced a little African-American family to send their boy <laughs> to Camp Windy Gap in Asheville, North Carolina. And while I was at Windy Gap in the country with horses and mosquitoes and eating the best food I ever had in my life, there was a camp speaker there named Bill Page. Uh, now, Bill Page and I, we reconnected in April. Uh, Bill is a retired police officer from New Jersey. And, and while I was at camp as a kid, I threatened another camper uh, to use my brass knuckles that I had brought to camp on that kid. I got issues. And, and Bill talked to me about this event this past April. He remembered it vividly. He said, man, if you had hit that kid, you would have broke his jaw and broke your hand too. He said, you had the real thing. And, and I asked him because I remember talking to him on that bench as a kid and feeling the fear of God. I said, why didn't you send me home? And this is what he said. And I quote, in that moment, I had a decision, Vincent. I could either be a police officer or a young life leader. So I decided to take those brass knuckles and give you grace. He said, thank you for sharing this with me. He said, my wife has gone off to be with the Lord. And he said, I'm so glad the Lord didn't let me die without hearing this. The Spirit of God providentially worked through Bill's life and Noah Diggs' life and David's life in a missional way. And God wants to do it through all of us. Lastly, Paul says this. Don't miss the moments to encourage yourselves. You know, I'm sitting there listening to Honey from a rock. And I said, man, can I just sing instead of preaching today? It's not about competition. Who can sound the best? Who sings the best? It's, it's not about a comparison of voices. It's about being spirit-filled. You ever had a song get stuck in your head while you were at the grocery store and you couldn't get it out? You were the best singer in the shower and nobody heard you. You probably were so encouraged singing in your car by yourself. 
It's not about who sounds the best. It's about us being spirit-filled collectively. He says, encourage yourselves corporately, collectively, because when you encourage yourselves, you encourage somebody else. The world looks at us and they say, how can they smile when everyone else is frowning? How do they have joy when everyone else is bitter? It's not because I feel Thanksgiving. It's because we are Thanksgiving. With everything I see on the news, with the shootings and racial tension and people dying during the pandemic, I don't feel thankful at times. I am thankful. And that will encourage somebody in the body of Christ. Don't miss the moments. Amen? Let's pray. God, we just thank you. Lord, I, I ask that we don't miss the moments of transition, that we don't miss the moments to imitate Christ, that we don't miss the moments for missional living, and we don't miss the moments to encourage ourselves. We will never see this moment in time again. Lord, I ask that you would save somebody who is watching, who is listening, someone who's here, that you do something supernatural in their heart. And for the rest of us, set us on fire so we can live for you. In Jesus' name, I pray and thank you. A. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Lopez, musical worship director at Hope. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship experience, visit the Hope Church Memphis YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.